Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I am Michael Ball. The segment is brought to you by Bomi.org. They are the industry standard for facilities and property management training. Check them out at Bomi. That's B-O-M-I.org. Well, today we're going to talk about something that's important to all of us in the commercial real estate industry. That's associations. Associations that matter is the name of the show. One of my favorite associations in commercial real estate is Crew Commercial Real Estate Women, and we're in treat. For, have a treat for you today. We have Wendy Mann here. She's the CEO of Crew Network, the whole global organization here in Studio One. Wendy, thanks for being here. Thanks, Michael. I'm so glad to be here today. Excited to talk with you about uh, what we're doing. Well, thank you. And first of all, if you will, how many, how big is Crew? So, great question. We are now 11,300 members strong. And 97% are women, and we have 3% men as members. And I'm one of those members. And you members. are one, one yes. Members. And you're all over there. You're going global now? We are. We are. You know, we have 75 chapters in mm -hmm. North America, and we've just recently launched our first global affiliate in the UK. And uh, it's going well. It's, it's slow going, but um, we are looking at really trying to connect all the women in commercial mm -hmm. real estate around the world. So it's a long-term goal. And we're taking our time, but it's coming along, and it's very exciting. Well, I've got to tell you, uh, I've done business with a bunch of crew members, and every time I have, it's been a very pleasant experience, and I mean very professional people. And that's one of the things that we brag about is mm -hmm. that in our organization, unique to us versus other industry organization, we represent all the disciplines. So we joke that you can do a deal from start to finish with a crew member. So any any part of that deal that you need, you can find at crew. Yeah, and, and you can, and and, uh, and that's no joke, right? Uh, and you know you're gonna have good people. And I think with, with any kind of association as well, there's even more of a reason for the person you chose to do a great job because yeah. the other member's gonna hear about it, right? Absolutely, and that yeah. is one thing you do. There's a lot of sharing yeah. among the members in the industry and the local markets, as well as in our, our greater network. Uh, across the network, so and then the networking is a big part of it to get to know uh, people. So you know, tell us about your events. Yeah, so you know, Crew Network. Um, I think that it's important for people to understand that we're not just um, a women's organization. Mm -hmm. We're a business network, mm -hmm. and so we pride ourselves on being able to give women getting giving and getting business to one another and men mm -hmm. who who choose to be part of us. And and a couple ways we do that are we have an online community that is a very active community of conversation going on at any time. So for example, if you're in Atlanta and you have a client who wants to do a deal in Dallas, you can go on our online community and post and ask. You know, I need a environmental consultant in the Dallas market for a client or a lawyer. And in, within minutes, you'll have five or 10 recommendations. And it just gives you the ability to quickly cut through to get what you need um, through that online community. So every day, there's deals going on there, or business partners finding each other. And second to our, of course, our events. And we do two leadership summits per year. And that is when we bring our um, leaders from our local chapters together to learn. But we also offer professional development training for women. Um, and men. I'll keep throwing that in there. It's, it's <laughs> true. I, I just, I mean, we focus on the whole, uh, everyone within the organization. Yeah. And then our big event is our annual convention. We have, um, this past year, we had 1,300 attendees. I suspect mm. we'll do that or more next year. In 2019, 
the best thing about that is that we're celebrating our 30th anniversary as oh, an nice. organization. So nice. 30 years, 1989 is when we were founded. And we'll be in um, the Place of Magic in Orlando. All right. And so we'll be celebrating there at the end of September, September mm. 24th through the 26th. And that really brings together a larger audience, mm -hmm. uh, a lot more networking, and some deep educational program on industry topics. And that's a great way for people to connect and meet one another across markets and really cross-pollinate. Yeah, it would be a nice time to be in Orlando. And I had the honor and the privilege to um, speak at the uh, Georgia chapter event, I guess it was, was here in Atlanta. So, mm -hmm. so you have state chapters and they have events as well? We do, yeah. So we mm -hmm. are in mostly in specific markets. Mm -hmm. The Atlanta chapter has been active. I want to say that they are actually older than the network overall. So they're, they're older than the global organization, and I think they celebrated their 30th anniversary. There's local opportunities for leadership development, mm -hmm. uh, business networking, um, and then they have mentorship programs as well. So there's all kinds of things that you can get both in your local market as well as at the global level. And we have some uh, great female um, employees and brokers here at our shop. They're just fantastic. But when you look around the commercial real estate industry in general, you kind of see a lot of old white guys. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what's happening? What about uh, uh, pay and inclusion? Yeah. So, you know, our one of our missions, um, Crew Network has a foundation. And as part of our foundation, we are the only organization that's really benchmarking women in the industry. And, and have we made progress in getting more women in C-suite roles and on boards and in leadership roles in the industry? And I got to tell you that you know, we started doing this in 2005, so 2020 will be our fourth one. And there has been progress, but it's so small. There's so little that has mm -hmm. changed, um, especially on the brokerage side, which mm -hmm. is tough, right? The, you know, commission-based commission pay coming out of college, uh, women, we, we found in our benchmark, they say they're less risk, um, uh, willing to take the risk of yeah. having to be fully commission-based. So, so we know that um, there has been positive change. But the thing that I like to talk about with... Um, industry folks is that a lot of times they think of diversity and inclusion as an HR issue. Mm -hmm. And it is not an HR issue. And we have data to prove that. And there's other secondary data that says that it's a business imperative. Yeah. Because if you do not have diversity in your C-suite and on your board, when your clients and your partners come to you mm -hmm. and they want to work with companies that, that have those values, mm -hmm. they're going to look elsewhere to companies that do, they do see that yeah. diversity and inclusion. And there is one study, and I think it was from the uh, McKinsey Institute, that said that uh, boards that had gender diversity were more profitable. Yeah. And I, I can't off the top of my head remember the percent, but but I think that is telling that it's, it is not just an HR issue. It really is a business opportunity for um, people in a business imperative. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So why should someone consider joining Crew uh, if they're not a member? So I think that being a, a part of this organization and joining as a member gives you a leg up on everyone else in the industry because you will know people and you will have connections and contacts that you cannot get anywhere else. And the difference between us and other industry organizations, I believe, is that um, Crew is a very warm and welcoming organization. When you walk in the door, you will immediately mm -hmm. have people asking who you are, why you're there, mm -hmm. and what business opportunities you can give and get from each other. And that's our mantra um, is when you go around the table at an industry meeting to introduce yourself and say, here's what I, I could give you as a business partner, what can I get from you? And we share that way. And I mm -hmm. think that that sets us apart from a lot of organizations. Um, so I think that simply um, being part of a network where you are able to 
um, give business to one another, get business from one another, and elevate your own business within the process is yeah. really an advantage. That, and that's a great advantage. And uh, as you know, I'm into training and education. I have an agent training company, uh, and I think it's real important that we're always learning. I think the days are gone where you learned and studied, and then you worked, then you retired, right? Yeah. I think we're, we have to do all three. Absolutely. What, what are some benefits of crew there? Yeah. So one of the big things mm -hmm. that we're doing is our leadership training. And we launched in 2016 our first leadership certificate program because we feel that if we want to build a pipeline of young women coming into the industry. Um, we have a career program for the local markets that our chapters deliver. Um, Crew Careers is a program for high school students. U-Crew mm. is a program for university students. Um, trying to really build that pipeline of interest. And then when you get to Crew and you become a member, you are eligible actually to participate in our leadership program. And that is a year-long program with Harvard and MIT professors teaching you about lead personal leadership, team leadership, and negotiation skills, which are all imperative in our industry. So I think we've set ourselves in a position to do the training that's going to really help move women forward in the industry. Well, that's excellent because uh, I don't think when I, my daughter is a senior at UGA, and I, and I of course grew up with her. And you know, <laughs> when she was in college, she was high school. You know, and I and I meet all her friend, her friends. Several of her friends that are guys are are thinking about commercial real estate or or, or, mm -hmm. or majors. But none of the women, it's like it doesn't cross their mind, right? right? So I guess right. this could help with that. So they can kind of get an understanding yeah. of it. It's not just commission-only sales, yeah. but there's a lot of positions available. Right, and that's kind of the beauty of Crew Network, too, that we mm. represent all disciplines. And so when we do a careers program, mm. you may have someone who's an, a woman who's an engineer, a woman who's a broker, a woman who's in asset management, a woman who's in loan banking and the loan finance side. Law. And, and law, and they all go in. And not only do you learn in the classroom kind of setting, but you shadow one of those women throughout the day. So it's a real-life experience as nice. well as kind of a, a training. Um, and then the other thing that I would just say about Pipeline is that um, we are all responsible for helping to educate and, and get young people into this business because mm -hmm. there's not, you know, people grow up and say, I want to be a fireman or I want to be a doctor. No one says, I want to be in commercial real estate. Yeah. So one of the things that we did as an industry, we all joined together, um, 25 industry associations, uh, financially committed and we built a website called careersbuildingcommunities.com and that is out there for young people like your daughter's friends nice. where they can go and it's an interactive website so you fill out what you're what you like mm -hmm. what you like to do and once you figure that out, it says, okay, so if you like to do detailed kinds of things, you're interested in putting puzzles together, you might be interested in being a building engineer or something. So I highly recommend for anyone that's listening, check out careersbuildingcommunities.com. And you'll, you know, it's a great tool to share with your, um, your children, your children's friends, or um, anyone who is thinking, what should I do with and, my life? And all the associations involved, are they real estate oriented? Yes, they're all okay. real estate oriented. Okay. So, um, yeah, BOMA's involved, um, CCIM, uh, Cornet, a, uh, Associated Builders and Contractors, so the construction side's represented, engineering, nice. uh, legal, foreign investment, you know, all the associations that um, make up our world of, that, of associations. So, that's awesome. Yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there because I think it's a great tool for helping to, to build that pipeline. Yeah, I know a lot of you listen to the show when you're driving or when you're exercising, so 
Uh, if you want that website, again, we'll have it on commercialrealestateshow.com, and we'll have it there. Wendy, great information. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having and me. And I hope to be able here. to see you in Orlando. Yeah. All right. All right. And thank you for joining us. Now, stay with us. We'll have more on Associations That Matter. I'm Michael Bull, and this is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Are you looking for proven property management and facilities management education? Visit BOMI.org. That's B-O-M-I, Building Owners and Managers Institute International. They are the trusted source for education in the property and facilities industry. Visit BOMI.org. Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Ball. This segment is brought to you by my company, Bull Realty, for asset and occupancy solutions custom to your company. Check it out, bullrealty.com. Today we're talking about associations. The show's called Associations That Matter. Please welcome my next guest. is Chip Rogers, and Chip is president and CEO of Asian American Hotel Owners Association. He's joining us in Studio One. Chip, thanks for being with us. Michael, great to be here. Thank you. You know, and we're, we sell hotels here at our shop, and we call it a HOA. Is that, I guess, what some of the members tend to just call it? It's a HOA, what, yeah. A HOA, yeah. yeah. It's a lot easier. So, that's it. Right. So tell us about the, the age of this group as far as how long it's been around, and, and, and who are the, the members? That is a great question. Mm -hmm. So um, it's been around since 1989, and it was started right here in Atlanta, which is interesting. And our headquarters are still in Atlanta. We have an office in Washington, D.C. to handle the advocacy part of what we do. Um, but most of our staff is here in Atlanta. Um, and we've grown from just a handful of Asian-American hotel owners, mainly from India, back in 1989, to now we have member, all types of members. The only requirement to be a member is to be a hotel owner. Um, so we have 18,500 members um, oh. located in every state in America, and collectively that group owns about half of the hotels in the United States. Um, and people often say, well, what does that mean? That means from your small roadside motel that has 20 rooms all the way up to your nicest luxury hotel that you would find uh, in some urban market. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. So why are they members? Why did they join? And why do they stay? They're obviously staying. Yeah, they're staying and we're growing. <laughs> we have experienced very rapid growth. Mm -hmm. um, when it began back in, in 1989, what was happening was you had a group of Indian American hotel owners who were frankly being discriminated against mm -hmm. and they couldn't even buy insurance. And that was why they came together. They, they wanted to go to an insurance company and say, look, instead of just one hotel, I'm offering you 10 guys with 20 hotels, and that, that might get some money to sell them the insurance they needed. Um, that's why they originally formed. Now that, that issue's gone away, thankfully. Um, country's in a better place, and, and, and these guys are mainly first and second generation Americans. Now we have some third generation Americans and hotel owners. Uh, but those issues are gone now that they own over right around half the hotels in the country. And so the issues that they deal with now are a lot advocacy related, uh, federal government, state government, city government, um, the need for education. Um, we do a lot of events where we bring vendors together with hotel owners because hotel owners, they're buying a lot of product. They want to see the latest things that are out there. Right. Uh, they also want to work with the brands. And unlike most franchisees, if you're, say, a McDonald's franchisee, you're probably just going to buy McDonald's, right? right. Uh, hotel owners are much different. They own all the brands across the board. So you might own a Hilton, you might own a Marriott, you might own a, an IHG property, a Wyndham, a Choice. And um, so they're somewhat agnostic. And the reason being is because since it's centered on real estate, if they have 
a lot of real estate in one spot and they build a, let's say a Marriott product, well, they can't build another Marriott product next to it. Right. So they'll have to go out and find another brand on, the, on that same plot of land. And that's kind of how uh, those businesses operate. And they seem to at least find a lot of value in a hoe through the years. Yeah. And if you're not driving, if you're uh, by a computer, you want to check out their website while we're, you're listening to us. It's aahoa.com. Check it out, aahoa.com. So, so that's a lot of members. So do you guys have an annual convention uh, again this year? We do. Yeah. Um, this started as a little gathering many years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, our 2019 convention is going to be in San Diego, which is a wonderful place uh, to celebrate our 30th anniversary. And we're on pace to have about 7,500 people show up. When is it? It's uh, April 24th through the 27th. Okay. So no better time to go to San Diego than late or early spring. Right. So yeah. that may be a reason to join right there. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, it's really inexpensive. Um, and we have the largest hospitality trade show in the industry. So we use about 215,000 square feet, or at least at this convention, about 215,000 square feet of just vendors. And there'll be probably 600 vendors there, all the way from every brand to people that are selling bedding and, and security and, and things that you would find, televisions you find in the room. Yeah. Um, they'll all be there. And it's a, it's a pretty amazing sight to behold when you see over 200,000 square feet of hotel vendors. Yeah, that's interesting. In fact, I think my hotel group from Bull Realty is going to be there. We welcome them. Yeah, that's great. So um, what about training? I think one of the things that we see in the commercial real estate industry is training is, is crucial. And, and sometimes good training is not out there. Right. You have training available through the association. We do. We have a, a CHO program, Certified Hotel Owner Program, that was up until about a year ago all done in a classroom style. So that is very labor intensive, very costly. Um, And we did that for about a dozen years. We made the transition towards a digital format that hasn't been released yet. But in the meantime, what we've done is we've started a webinar series. And a lot of people say, well, webinars, everyone does webinars. Um, Last year, we did 101 webinars. So we're usually doing about two per week. And the way that we come up with those is we, we are constantly engaging our members to find out what are the topics that you concern yourselves with? What's bothering you today? Where do you need help? So they'll always give us ideas. And when we hear like two or three people come up with the same kind of general topic, we'll go out and find the expert and we'll do a webinar on it. So right. a couple of week, that type of education um, has really caught on. We had over 14,000 people last year access our webinar series. Wow. Yeah. Well, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And is there training at the actual event to the convention in San Diego? We will have um, about a dozen training classes mm-hmm. uh, at the event in San Diego. But that's not all we do. We are a, um, I like to think that we host more events than any association in America. Mm-hmm. When I tell people this stat, they're kind of blown away by it. Mm-hmm. Last year, we hosted 215 events, which means if you take out all the holidays and all the weekends, <laughs> that's just about every other business day, there's an event yeah. going on in Ahoa somewhere. And in a good portion of those, there's some sort of training. We have, um, in 2019, we'll have 30 regional events around the country. And at every one of those events, um, there will be an education session on some topic that is kind of locally generated. So, mm-hmm. for example, here in Atlanta, we'll have, and I think that meeting is probably in August, we'll have something that is happening in the state of Georgia or even the city of Atlanta or the metro Atlanta area, and we'll do training and education based on that topic. Chip, what surprises people when they join uh, about being a member, that maybe a benefit they didn't expect? Well, if they'll take advantage of it, there's a lot of money savings out there. We have worked for a long time to make sure that we kind of 
corral the entire purchasing power of 18,000 members. Like when it was started. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, that's, how, that's really how we started and the only purpose. Um, now, for example, we have a fantastic program with uh, Chase Bank mm -hmm. to process credit cards. And we can usually offer you processing at a rate lower than just about anybody else out there. And it's a, it's a flat rate. But that's just one example. Um, one of our supporters is HBO. And they give a discount or actually a rebate back to hotel owners that are members of our association. Mm -hmm. So there's hundreds of these things. So if you didn't take advantage of the education, if you didn't get involved in the advocacy, if all you did was take advantage of the discounts, it's going to pay for your membership 10 times over. Wow. Now, if someone was interested in uh, becoming a hotel owner, um, is there any way for them to access some of the, the training, some of the webinars or anything that they have to buy before they can get in? <laughs> Uh, well, you need to be an owner or part of an owner family to be part of it. Um, and that, th there's a lot of them out there, obviously. Yeah. Um, so we're really focusing what we do on people that are already owners. Mm -hmm. um, but if your interest is, is to be an owner, um, and you call our office, we'll connect you with people that will help you. Yeah. We actually have a program of mentors and mentees mm -hmm. to help people that want to get into the business because it only strengthens all of us if we have more owners and, right. and, and more members. Um, as you know, it's a great business to be in. Yeah. Uh, we're on a, an historic economic run in the hotel industry that will come to an end at some point, but it's been very good. Yeah, yeah, we really enjoy it. We help people buy and sell hotels. It's been fun. It's been, been a great business, and we're loving it. So, Chip, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate uh, you Absolutely. sharing the information. Thank you. And as I mentioned, check their website out if you'd like to know more, aahoa.com. Stay with us. We'll have more associations that matter. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial real estate? You're invited to contact Bull Realty for customized asset and occupancy solutions. Call 404-876-1640 or visit bullrealty.com. Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Ball. This segment is brought to you by Commercial Agent Success Strategies. It is the ultimate training for commercial agents and brokers. Check it out at commercialagentsuccess.com. Well, today we're talking about commercial real estate associations, and I think it's a very interesting topic because there's a lot of benefits of these associations, and sometimes I think we, we take them for granted, but there are people getting tremendous benefits out of these associations, and ha next I have a big one, a fantastic one for you. It's BOMA. Uh, welcome my next guest. It's Henry Chamberlain. He's president and chief operating officer of BOMA International. That's the Building Owners and Managers Association International. Henry, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. So, Henry, uh, we were talking uh, before we started the show. Um, you've been at BOMA for just a little while, right? Just a little while, just short of 34 years, you know, running at half of that time. So, yes, just a little bit. Right. And uh, uh, most of our audience is going to be familiar with BOMA, but uh, with some economy of words, tell people about BOMA. What, what, who's it for and, and what's the major focus of BOMA? Sure. So, I mean, BOMA is a federation of local associations, so there are 88 in the United States. We are, have members in 16 countries around the globe, so a nice international platform. Um, building owners and managers, obviously, um, a focus for us will be office, industrial, and medical properties. Uh, we have lots of services around all of that. We're really known as a training group. We have our own education and training. 
the research that goes with that, the benchmarking tools, so people can compare their performance to the market and then learn from each other. And then first and foremost, we're an advocacy group, which is why we're in Washington, D.C. So fighting the good legislative battles, but also building codes, which, of course, is big to the operational folks that are core to this organization. Yeah, very, very important. So how many members do you have? So we have the 88 associations in the U.S. have roughly 16,000 people participating and then lots of other folks within those companies. So that number grows. But our core group would be about 16,088 groups in the U.S. Canada uh, has 14 uh, chapters up there and 3,500 people. Uh, Boma, China's got a few thousand people participating. So it's a big reach as you go around the globe as well. Yeah, that's great. And what would you say would be the major two or three benefits of being a member of BOMA? Well, one, I think we keep you up to date on the latest trends in the industry, and there's a lot going on now in terms of space design, emerging technologies, changing leases, the whole co-working piece of it, the gig economy with the outsourcing. So trying to figure out what the business looks like in the middle would be one. Number two is depending on where you are in your career, Continuous learning has got to be a core part of what you're doing. And we're a learning laboratory for people where they can get together with like kinds, whether it's in their city or coming to our annual conference. We'll be in Salt Lake City end of June to compare notes and learn from each other. And then, of course, traditionally for an association, we have the research tools, the standard method of floor measurements so people can measure their space effectively, um, operational expense data through our experience exchange report, so you can compare how you're doing in the market and then ask your colleagues how they're doing it better if they are or more creatively and then go back into the marketplace and compete. So I put it into those three baskets. So benchmarks for operations for the properties? Absolutely. So energy expenses, we're, you know, we're a green group. We've been winning the Energy Star Partner of the Year Award for years. Energy is the most controllable cost that a building has. So. If you look at your numbers versus the folks around you and you're higher, the obvious question is, what are you doing differently? Is it different management? Is it different equipment? Did you leverage up technology? How did you do that so that I can be more competitive in the marketplace as well? And in an association function, people share their insights and then go back and do battle in the marketplace. Yeah, yeah that's wonderful. And then another benefit you have is uh, getting the right vendors, right? I mean, in this industry, yes. if you get the wrong vendors, or you overpay, it, it can be detrimental. That's true. I mean, I think the nice thing, is, so we have a big trade show at our annual conference. We have lots of vendors participating around the country. In fact, 40% of our membership would be what we call associate members and partners. And of course, they're out there doing the business, but they're also exposing people to new services, new technology, members have used them. So it's a great way to see who's a great partner to have to be an extension of your team and do some really good business. So that's a big part of what we do as well. Yeah. And I would think that as much as the members network and talk, that uh, if you're a vendor and you're active in BOMA, you're going to want to make sure you take care of anyone who's a member of BOMA because it's going to get around, isn't it? Yeah. You know, whether it's BOMA or other groups, absolutely. I mean, yeah. you've got to maintain your reputation for quality and your integrity. And of course, that goes for the property management firms as well. So. Yeah. Absolutely. And I love what you said, depending on where you are in your career, you should be continually training. Uh, and you mean that for at any level in your career, right? Even if you've been in the business for many years. Yeah. In fact, we just launched an early career certification that'll debut this summer. 
working with BOMA International. But if you look at BOMA members, they will join in their 20s to 30s, fall into the industry. We're trying to make that you know, more of a discipline in terms of colleges and universities with training. But we have members 25, 30, up till 65, 70 throughout their careers. And what they need you know, in those different stages is different, whether it's having mentors and figuring out a career path and the basic skills I need to be successful to getting my designations, I'm moving up the ladder, I'm gonna run the business, to now I am running the business 30 years later. You know, the skills and the education and the networking you need are different. And we've done a nice job of keeping people throughout their careers. And tell us about the designations that uh, people can achieve through BOMA. Well, so this new early career one is coming out. Um, we partner with BOMA International, so they've got their real property administrator, facilities management administrator, and then the systems maintenance administrator. They're all geared towards folks that are running commercial real estate or running the facilities, how to be best practice, how to understand the design, again, the new technologies, how to work with the tenants. It's also a community impact component to that. How does your building fit into what's going on in the community and how can you be a part of that? And of course, that's part of our advocacy groups as well. And then we have a lot of basic training, foundations in real estate management a certificate, which is really the basics in real estate. We have asset management programming. Uh, we've had a whole line of energy efficiency programming. Our BOMA Energy Efficiency Program or BEEP has been out there for years, and it resides on some corporate servers as basic training. So there's a whole range of training and education out there. How much of that training is available online? Uh, it's about a third of it is. The, the, we have the webinars. Uh, if you look at the uh, BEEP programs, they're all online as well. We have a floor standard webinar that's online. Part of our new partnership, frankly, is creating an online platform and repurposing our education. So when you look at us in three years, if we do this again in three years or whenever, we'll have much more of our offerings online. I think that's absolutely one of the trends we've got to address, which is people struggle with time out of the office, but they can take your course or they can get their digital badge at their desk. Right. And they can do it during the day or they can do it on the weekend if they want to. But we've got to be there when they have the time um, and be approachable that way. Right. And your association with your BOMA, uh, org, your association yes. with BOMA, B-O-M-I, right? Tell us about right. that and, and how that's working the benefit to, to everyone. Well, we live in the same marketplace, so BOMA's education is targeting the same thing, the office and somewhat the industrial crowd and, of course, medical off of that as well. So what we've been able to do is combine our resources, take what we do in terms of basic training, and then, of course, our big gatherings. We have a huge medical conference as well. Um, our annual conference, and then take BOMI's online platform, their curriculum design, and create some synergy between us. So it's a really nice partnership. Yeah, that's awesome. And if you're uh, watching this show, uh, then you'll see there's a link below. If you're uh, listening to the podcast, go to commercialrealestateshow.com and uh, search uh, associations that matter, BOMA. We'll have all the links there. Tell us a little bit more uh, about your convention coming up in Salt Lake City. Um, what should we know about it and, and who can attend? Is it members only? No, not members only. I like to think of it as our big learning laboratory or BOMA's big tent, if you will. A lot, we've got all sorts of training going on in different tracks from property management to asset management, a technology track, working with tenants, and then a whole leadership track. You know, people are always trying to figure out how can I be a better leader of my team? So we've got all of that going on as well as some of our business discussions. 
We'll have uh, 3,500 people in total um, at our conference between that and our trade show, which features over 300 companies and 425 or so booths. So it's a big trade show. It's a great time for people to come in and A, learn, because we've got some great education, but you've got this peer network of people from all the different markets. We'll have uh, about 10% of our crowd will be international. So it's different markets. You know, when you talk to the folks from Asia, they've jumped a couple of generations on technology. So that's an interesting conversation. If you go to Europe and look with the British Council of Offices, got some great research on what's going on with floor space, new design, high performance ways that people are bringing product to market. So all those people are there. So you really get to dabble in whatever interests you. You're going to meet like kinds. You're going to figure out how to do some better business, pick up some creative ideas. And I think you're going to go back, A, recharge, but B, you're going to bring back some real value to your companies um, and figure out some new ways of doing business that will make you more competitive. And that's awesome. If you'd like to learn more about it, go to BOMA, B-O-M-A dot org, and you can sign up there. Uh, what are your latest initiative? What's new? What's important to you guys today? Well, the advocacy piece is always important. So the federal legislative piece, looking at taxes, making sure that Energy Star is funded through the APA, those kinds of issues will always be bread and butter for us. And the building codes piece that I talked about. But there's a lot of value for our folks that have portfolios in multiple markets for what we're doing on the state and local level. So we have an industry defense fund. We invest in our local associations, everything from sales and use taxes to how to bring in green roofs to FEMA rewriting the floodplain lines and how are we going to be able to do business there. So we're investing more in the state and local advocacy piece. You know, the training part I mentioned, we're doing more of that with the online piece that's there. That's going to be very important. And the end of the day, we're really focusing on BOMA as a strategic business partner. So when I look at our BOMA 360 program, which is our high performance program, over 2,000 buildings around the U.S. and five countries have BOMA 360 buildings, but they outperform the marketplace financially by over a dollar a foot. It's also great training grounds for teams, especially the younger folks coming in saying, what do I need to know to be successful as a property manager? We're investing in our floor standards. We have a new office standard out. You know, you look at co-working space and WeWork and other companies are pushing a new model in terms of service and expectations for tenants, which includes they'd like to have finished roof spaces. They want balcony space. So our floor standard now captures that. So for the brokers out there, it's a way to create some value, part of that lease negotiation that they're going to have out there, the digital age. So a lot of different things going on. Yeah, Henry, great. You guys are doing great things, and, and thank you for what you're doing. I'm not sure how anyone that owns or manages a building is not a member of BOMLY. You should be. Henry, thank you for joining us, sir. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, and thank you for joining us. Now stay with us. We'll have more on Associations That Matter. I'm Michael Ball, and this is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Would you like to be the top producing commercial broker in your office? Check out Michael Bull's video training. Since you're a show listener, you receive 10% off your first purchase. At checkout, use discount code CREshow. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com.
Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Ball. This segment is brought to you by Red IQ, extracting data from static property operating reports and transforming it into actionable intelligence. Check them out at RedIQ.com. Well, today we're talking about associations, and I think the commercial real estate associations are incredible resources for us in the industry. But what, which associations should we join? What's new about these associations? And how can we get more out of them for our companies, for ourselves, uh, and for our community and our industry? Please welcome my next guest. It's Bob Penninger. And Bob is president and CEO of the National Apartment Association. He's joining us on the phone. Bob, thanks for being with us, sir. Thanks for having me, Michael. Well, Bob, let's start off with, you know, what surprises people about joining the National Apartment Association? You know, what, what, when they get in there and they join, what, what makes them go, wow, I'm glad I did this or I had no idea? Well, you know, we're unique in some respects is that we are a true federation. So you join at the local level and your membership flows through the state up to the national organization. And one of the things that I hear over and over again from people over the years is they didn't realize by joining a local affiliate and getting involved and working on things that you know range from City Hall to, to, to Washington, D.C., is the network of friends and confidants they create so they have somebody really bounce off ideas and talk with people about things beyond just the people that are in their particular office. And that, I've always heard, is the most valuable thing that all they've, they've gotten from their membership. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Uh, there's a lot of incredible people in the apartment industry, and I think a lot of times we have our head down, right? We're doing what we do, and we don't get a chance to kind of interact with them in your association, and it sets that up uh, in a big way. So tell us about uh, some of your events uh, coming up, Bob. Well, we, uh, in, in March, we'll be here in D.C. for our Advocate event, uh, where we're going to be going to Congress and, and the administration and having conversations about the matters that are important to our industry for our continued viability and uh, ability to serve the, the communities in which we're located. Uh, and then if you fast forward to June, we have our apartmentalized conference, which is the biggest conference in the country uh, relating to, to rental housing. And I mean, that's, that is a huge opportunity to get together with people because it's a cross-section of 10,000 people that will be in Denver to, um, you know, to, to learn about what the latest and greatest is from the standpoint of the education courses. They'll be able to walk the trade show floor, which seems to grow by leaps and bounds every year, to see what is the, what's happening in the industry as far as products and services and new initiatives. I mean, technology has become a huge part of our show in recent years, and as it has for the industry. And, uh, you know, that's the place to gather that information. And then we have a series of informal networking groups that we're putting together to really, again, just like at the local level, bring people together so they can have conversations with their peers that they might not ever have an opportunity to talk with, just to really better understand what's happening to them in their businesses in their respective parts of the country. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's in June, it's June, and it's in Denver. Now, Bob, I was at the, the one in Atlanta, and I was interviewing folks there. It was uh, great. And uh, people seem to have a lot of fun there, too. There seemed like a lot of fun events and the people laughing and cutting up. It seemed like everybody was having a big time. 
It, yeah, no, it, it, it is. I mean, you know, this industry is a people industry, and when when you know, because you're you're dealing with you're dealing with people's lives, and that same vitality comes into our conference. You know, people are having fun. They're enjoying themselves. They're meeting old friends. They're making new friends. Um, you know, we have interesting and innovative speakers that we try to bring in every year to really spark conversations. And so, yeah, it's, it, it is an upbeat event. And if you've never been, it's something you should consider going to because you'll come away with it with a new perspective on the industry. Yeah. And I think one of the big things that helps people be successful in our industry is getting well-trained. And I think when I see people who aren't doing as well, in our industry, I think a lot of times I see that they're just not continuing their training. What's available for them at your association? Well, the, in addition to the um, you know the the, the the educational sessions that happen at our respective conferences, um, and also at our affiliates, because the affiliates have a full range of education, is we've been working to with um, with our platform Visto to be really able to offer online education so people can get the information and the education they need on their schedule when it's convenient for them as opposed to taking time out of their busy day to go down to some sort of a central classroom. And so we really offer many different ways to access the industry knowledge to be able to do your job more efficiently and effectively. You know, I love that because, you know, I love online training because you can go at your own pace and you're not in there with somebody in the class that's maybe asking dumb questions, you know, and you're sitting well, it, there. Yeah, we, it's, no, it's true. And, and we found that with some, some of the modules, like, for example, our, uh, our leasing professional um, uh, sessions, you go into a classroom and you're, you're bombarded with 10 different aspects of selling and leasing properties. Uh, and you have to absorb that very quickly, whereas with the online courses, you can take it at your own pace, you can absorb the information, you can try it out, and then you can get better at what you're doing. It's sort of like, although I'm, I'm a terrible golfer, but every time I've taken a class, they've tried to break it down into its elemental pieces so you can be better at what you do, and online training allows you to do that at your own pace. Uh, I love it. Uh, I, I do a lot of training myself and continue, to, and, I, and I train others and have a training program for commercial agents. And what I like about online training, too, is if you want to get deeper into something and get a better understanding, you'll have time, you can do it. Then if it's covering something that you already know really well, you can skim through it and, and go very quickly. What are some of the designations uh, that you can obtain through training from the National Apartment Associations? Well, we have we have the uh, our our maintenance technician, um, KMT, which is for the, you know, the the maintenance staff, which which is a very important group because these are the people that are going into the residents' homes on a daily basis, and the better trained they are, the more professional they are, the more responsive they are, the better you're going to do at your retention numbers. And so we have that program, and then we have the. Uh, uh, NALP designation, which is uh, the leasing professional designation, which helps that person who has come in and who is a front line working the leasing desk be able to be better at their job to get residents in the property so you can fill any vacancies that you may have. And then after that, you move over into our CAM program, which begins in the aspects of managing a property and dealing with budgets and financial issues and managing people, and then we have our CAPS program, which is really once you got to a level where you're no longer at the site level, 
but you're actually managing multiple properties, uh, different size portfolios, giving you the skill sets that you're going to need to be able to be successful um, in that position. Okay. So it's a, it's, a, it's a suite of services that are all designed to help you in your career progression. Right. Okay. Excellent. Well, Bob, what would you leave our audience with related to the apartment industry and the association and, and maybe why, why they should join or, or maybe they're a member, maybe they've been a member in the past. How could they potentially get more out of the association? You know, in this day and age of uh, litigation that's going on all around the country, and I'm hearing stories from everywhere where it used to be, it was just limited to you know one coast or the other. It's now happening everywhere. And so that property liability aspect to operating your, your units, whether you are a small operator or a massive operator, those liability issues are the same. And that's something you're starting to see more and more resources that are coming to bear to help our, our, our members in this area. And so if you're an existing member and you haven't gone out and brushed up on what's happening, you should be out there doing that because things change every year. And if you're not a member, you're really taking a risk and not being involved at some central resource of information to keep you attuned to what's happening. I mean, here at the National Apartment Association, we have actually realigned some of our products and services and brought in new people, and we have a property operations department now, which is really focusing on best practices and and standards of practice to help our industry adjust in this era of increased litigation. Yeah, I love what you guys do. And, you know, when you attend your national convention, for example, you can really learn a lot about the apartment industry, no matter what your experience level, and, and get some great ideas. So can non-members come to the convention in June in Denver? Oh, yes. Yeah, we, uh, all of our conferences have member and non-member rates. And the idea there is we can expose as many people as possible to the good things that we're doing. Hopefully we can get them involved and become members of the association. And so anybody, you know, go to our website, uh, nahq.org, click on events, and it will have all of our events that we do throughout the year there. So if you're interested in coming to a, a session, if you're interested in coming to an entire show for uh, um, you know, it's there. You can sign up, you can register, and you can get the information you need. Yeah. All right. Perfect, Bob. Thank you for joining us, sir. Thank you. All right. And as Bob said, you want to check out their website for their, their resources, their conventions. Uh, as Bob said, you don't have to be a member to go to this convention. I've been to this convention. It's awesome. Check it out. Their website, again, is naahq.org. So National Apartment Association Headquarters dot. Org. Well, stay with us. We'll have more on associations that matter. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Have you seen BuyProxy.com? Brokers list properties, buyers and tenants search properties all at no cost. They also have a suite of marketing services. Check them out at BuyProxy.com. That's spelled B-I-P-R-O-X-I.com. Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. The excitement is brought to you by BuyProxy.com. That's B-I-P-R-O-X-I. 
it's a new website for listing properties. So buyers and tenants can go look and people can put their properties on there. There's no charge. Then for a charge, there's some marketing. Check it out by proxy.com. Well, today we're talking about associations that matter. And one of the things that really matter to people in the commercial real estate world are construction costs and the cost of labor, uh, labor and skilled workers. It's really impacting uh, the supply and demand in our market. It's impacting the timing on construction projects. It's impacting build out. Well, please welcome my next guest. It's Don Wyatt, and he's CEO, and Boyd Warsham, he's president, and they're with the National Center for Construction Education and Research Center. Uh, gentlemen, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Michael. We're, we're happy to be with you. Thank and you, if, Michael. And if you're listening to this and you're not driving down the road, you want to check out their website while we're talking. It's N, as in Nancy, N-C-C-E-R dot org. Uh, gentlemen, if you will, kind of briefly, tell us about your organization. What do you guys do? Well, NCCR is a not-for-profit 501c3 educational foundation created to develop standardized craft curriculum assessments, credentials, and certifications for the construction industry. Uh, we, we accredit organizations to offer our programs through a process <clears throat> that allows us to verify they have the necessary resources to train and assess individuals based on a set of standards accepted by our industry. Uh, this includes a train-to-trainer program whereby organizations can send a representative to learn how to implement NCCR's programs and utilize our instructor certification process. This system of standardization allows individuals in the construction industry to build transcripts uh, like those in higher education or they would get from their universities and receive portable industry-recognized credentials and certifications, which is really, really important today. And this is all tracked through our registry database that also provides easy ways for employers to verify those credentials. Uh, to maintain the integrity and quality of our programs, NCCR oversees our accredited organizations and ensures that they are offering our programs to the standards required. Through our program, we provide curricula in over 70 different craft areas and a complete series of assessments offered in over 5,000 NCCR accredited training and assessment locations across the U.S. And our programs are also offered in multiple countries throughout the world. Uh, we also have initiatives for recruitment uh, and industry image enhancement. That includes providing veterans with NCCR credentials for the training they received while they were in the military. So how long has this organization uh, been around? Uh, we, we became official in, in 1996, so a little over 20 years. Okay. And how many, uh, so you have uh, members, right? How many members do you have? Well, we don't really have members. Okay. We have the organizations who come to us for uh, the workforce development resources, those who apply, become accredited, and then start providing the training to their workforce, and then we provide them the credentials. I see. So, I mean, there's been, it seems like there's been a real need for more con skilled construction workers. So, uh, have you guys seen this really ramp up over recent years? Are you guys just super busy these days? Well, we, we've always been busy over our 20 years, but yes, today you know, we're seeing right now there's a shortage of 500,000 workers uh, who could be employed today. And if you look down the road just a short distance, by 2020, uh, we're looking at the need for somewhere in the neighborhood of a million to two million workers. 
Wow, you know, and it seems like, you know, we, when you talk to young people today, it seems like a lot of them are being told that, oh, you gotta go to college and you gotta get this degree. And I don't know if they really realize the high income that a lot of these pe people in construction really make a lot of money. I don't, do you think that's part of the challenge why we don't have enough people getting into construction? Well, that, that is part of the equation. Everybody's been told for a lot of years that the only path to success is a four-year degree, and we, we know that that's not true. And, and, and we like to think today of it as a pathway um, where, you know, think about if you wanted to become an electrical engineer, what a better way to start than becoming an electrician and working in that occupation and then progressing through that career pathway to you end up with that degree in electrical engineering. And what kind of time frames uh, do some of these training programs range? Well, if you look at um, our, our apprenticeship programs or our work and learn models as they're referred to today, um, it can take anywhere from one to four years to get through the training. Now, from that, if you want to become you know, a, a really competent journeyman, there's probably another three to five years after training to get you there. And then to become a true seasoned professional, you probably have another three to five years on top of that. So somewhere between eight and 12 years to really get from entry level to seasoned professional. Yeah, and I guess it seems like when I think of construction, I think of, you know, mentors and I think of the father teaching the son. And, uh, you know, is, I guess, is there still a lot of that? How, how is the training kind of changing? Well, Michael, this is Boyd Worsham, and I, I come from a contractor background, 38 years with a single contractor from the time I walked out of a, a carpentry program in a, in a local high school in my area. And, um, you know, and there are a lot of people that get into the industry because they had family in it, um, you know, or, or had some other relation, relative connection, something that got them into the industry. Um, and, and we see that, but those aren't big numbers. We have to find other other ways to to pull young talent and attract young talent to the to the skilled trades, to the skilled crafts. We actually call them craft professionals, and we think that's a great great term for those those um, trades craftsmen, if you will. But um, but some come through the kind of the, the the family lineage and and all that. But a lot of them go through you know career and technical education programs um, or go to work for a contractor and then, you know, implement our training and, and, and stay in the profession and move through through the, the career progression, if you will. Um, just backing up a second to something you said, you know, the money is, is very good in our industry, but what we find is that that's not all the, the, the younger generation thinks about. You know, I started in this business, like I said, a long time ago, 38 years ago, and I got to admit, money was a big, a huge driver. <laughs> And it's been a driver in my career, as, as it has in most people of my generation. But I can tell you, recruiting young people in, and I have two, two young adult sons, um, and they're not as driven. Not, I don't think they're, that, that generation is, is as consistently driven by earning potential as, as I was. You know? So I think we, you know, we have to appeal to them on the, they like projects. You know, they're used to working on projects. They're, they want to do things that are, that are good for their towns, good for their, their, you know, the communities in which they grow or live in or, or, or have grown up in. So, 
you know, we have to appeal to them in many ways uh, nowadays. They're they're a little wiser than we were, just just dollar focused, and, so, and we're um, developing tools and and products to 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 reach them through those other other um, drivers that they have in their their generation. So, Boyd, when your children get off your family jet, uh, Boyd, uh-huh. um, you, you're telling me that they don't care that much about making money. <laughs> well, they, they 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 don't. You know, it's funny, Michael. They don't. They don't see the need for it at the young age that I did. You know what I mean? And maybe, you know, maybe it's just that, I mean, they want to, they want to do things. When I appeal to talk to my children about construction, they want to know what can they build? What difference can that make right. in society? Right. You know, they talk, um, you know, talk about, you know, building a hospital or building some kind of a facility that's for the betterment of, 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 of people, you know, so it's just a different, there's different drivers now with the younger generation, I think. Yeah, I get it. My, my daughter's graduating from UGA right now with a degree in environmental economics. And somebody asked me, what's she going to do? And I said, well, I think she's going to save the world is what I understand. I think so. <laughs> yeah. And so, some of them will, thank goodness we have right. them. But, that's right. So we're trying to adjust our message um, a little broader and then just saying, you know, you, you know, you're, you're going to make a lot of money. I think they, to some degree, they, they think there's a lot of good jobs out there that pay a lot. We have to figure out what makes ours equal to or more appealing than just, just the making money piece. So. so what is the age of your students? Do you have students, uh, people taking your classes and training that are kind of all age groups? Do so some of them start even at older ages? Well, <clears throat> one of the things that's a little bit distressing is, is you would think that the, the bulk of our trainees are, you know, the, the 18... 17-year-olds, but the reality is the average age of a trainee in our industry is 27 years old. And what that means is they've, they've gone to, on average, two to three other industries before they found ours. Yeah, that's interesting. And I was, I was on your uh, website there, nccer.org, and I saw one of your blogs had some salary ranges of some of these, these skilled construction workers. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty impressive. So, uh, you know, yep. the, you know, it's a good profession for folks to get into. Well, as Boyd says, uh, you, you know, we have great wages in our industry, great careers in our industry, and and the other thing that we have that <clears throat> most industries do not have is you can start as a carpenter and end up owning your own business. Right. And, and there's not a lot of industries that that offer that. Yeah. Career progression is 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 definitely a a. Um, strong selling point of our industry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the other thing I think that we that we need to recognize, Michael, is and a lot of your a lot of your listeners will relate to this. You know, people think of construction in a very isolated individual way, but the construction industry is when you include the supplier and manufacturing network around it, it's the largest industry in the United States, I I do believe, if not very close to that. And, and it's the business of construction that matters. We, we build all those facilities, and we have that huge business that goes behind that. So all those craft professionals, all those superintendents, project managers out there delivering these projects, I mean, you have to think about the complexity of that business that goes behind it, from doing the, the site search to, you know, designing the project to executing the work. And it's a very complex system to put together these facilities that that your listeners, you know, buy and sell every day. So it's um, the, you know the business of construction is is really what 
what we participate in. Yeah, and I think a lot of our listeners and viewers too, uh, you know, have uh, you, you obviously use a lot of construction companies, and but they also have a lot of in-house people and uh, may need some education. So, what would you leave our audience with, gentlemen, related to uh, NCCER.org? Well, let me first, you know, talk just for a second about why they should care about workforce and developing workforce. You know, this year, 2019, the last of the baby boomer generation turns 55. And if you look statistically, that means in 10 years, uh, when they turn 65, they're out of the workforce. But the reality is um, most of our craft professionals are going to be leaving our industry within the next five years, well before that that 65-year age. Um, and Right now, that baby boomer generation represents 20 to 30% of our workforce. So we're about to lose an entire generation, and these are arguably our best, most experienced workers. So it's a real critical issue, and with all the needs we have in this country, with infrastructure rebuild and those kind of things, having those skilled workers to build our work is critically important, and if we don't address the issue, um, we're going to be in trouble. And that's what NCCR provides is those resources to help them recruit and develop their workforce. Well said, and that is what we need. And gentlemen, thank you for doing what you do, and thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, Michael. We appreciate it. Thank you. All right, thank you. And uh, thank you for joining us around the country, around the world. Let us know what you think, comment, and please connect with us on Facebook and LinkedIn and, and Twitter. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by BullRealty.com, commercial real estate asset and occupancy solutions. RedIQ.com, turning data into valuable action. ByProxy.com, a complimentary listing service. CommercialAgentSuccess.com, Video training from Michael Bull. Boomi.org, property and facility management education. To access these recommended companies or for more podcasts and videos, visit CREshow.com.